Hey guys, it's Laura Whitmore with the She Rocks podcast. This week's episode is sponsored by Shure and their amazing new microphone, the MV7. It's great for podcasters, gamecasters, recording musicians, and everyone who wants amazing, beautiful sound. Check out the Shure MV7. Hi, this is Laura Whitmore with the She Rocks podcast, and I'm here today with Melody Federer, who is driving and talking, talking and driving. How are you, Melody? I'm doing great. Sort awesome. of digging the beginning of like the Christmas season. How ah, are you? Yeah. I know. I'm actually thinking of doing my shopping super early, removing stress from my life, and there you go. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> yeah, I actually put up the tree the other day. You did? Oh, I that, did, yeah. That, and I just ate one of those snowmen cookies from <laughs> Starbucks. See, we need They're some cheer. They're delicious. Yeah, we need huh? some cheer. That's why. We need to get in yeah, the holiday spirit. Yeah, I feel like everybody's ready this year. Like, the radio stations are playing stuff early. Like, I don't know. I'm ready for it. I'm ready. You know, usually I get really annoyed by that because I don't like going to the store and all you hear is Christmas music, but... This year, I would be okay with it because just going to a store and hearing Christmas music would make me feel like I'm out in the world. That's hilarious. What's your favorite store to shop at? Well, it depends on who I'm shopping for. If it's for me, then anthropology is my jam. Oh, I love anthropology. My kids are really into, uh, I don't know, they like to exercise. They like all the sporting goods and health stores. Oh, really? How stuff. old are they? They're like adulty. My son's 19 and my daughter's 20, oh, wow. 24 or something insane like that. So. Oh, cool. I have a I have a five-year-old daughter. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Where does your daughter like to shop? Oh, I've gotten her really into Tuesday morning. <laughs> yes, I love that store. It's like a treasure hunt. I love that store so much. Like the little candles. And yeah. The- Big Macs. I just like I can't I, get enough. I know. I, I love those treasure hunt kind. Of, that's why I like anthropology too, because it's like a treasure hunt. Like you yeah. are looking for the perfect little thing. But we're here to talk about music, not shopping. I know yes. it's tempting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can just, you can delete all that. That's no, no, cool. no. We're gonna leave it because people. The, the aim of this podcast is for people to get the note to know the real us. So okay, okay. There you go. <laughs> Musically, the I know that sounds a little bit lame, though. No, no, you're not lame. You're not lame because your music is awesome. Like, let's start off by talking about your song Bridges that you worked on with Burt Bacharach, which, for okay. one, I'm like, that is so cool. Burt Bacharach is, you know, iconic. So can you tell me a little bit about that project, how it came to be, and, you know, your experience there? Yeah, um, I was signed to my old publisher, Billy Mann, and he uh, had written with Bert, and they they worked on some stuff with Sheryl Crow together, and I do this thing on Instagram, it's called A Thousand Songs for a Thousand Strangers, and I, usually I make them up, but I did like a cover of a Bert song hmm. for someone, and um, my publisher saw it and said, you know what, I think you and Bert would write well together, because I'm sort of an old soul musically. I really love music from the 60s and 70s and even the 30s and 40s. Um, and so I know all of Bert's catalog, and he was my mom's favorite artist. Oh, In fact, man. She, didn't, yeah. she didn't mention, she wasn't like a huge music like person, but she loved the Carpenters and Bert Bacharach, and uh, she 
she was staying close to you a lot. So it was really funny and amazing when I got to go meet him. It was, I think it's the, when my mom started to really realize, oh, okay, this is my daughter's career and she can do this. Yeah, I think she started to view it very differently after that. That's really cool. What do you think it is about that sort of era of music that resonates with you? See, you know, that's an awesome question because a lot of times with podcasts, I'll get the same question like over and over. And a lot of people have asked about, a lot of people have asked about Spurt and how it came about, but nobody's asked me something like that. Yeah, see, um, always thinking. Wow. <laughs> Let me think about that. I mean, his melodies are so catchy. I mean, that's why they're just worldwide yeah. hits because they're just, they're really special. I think he's a genius. Um, he just music is just his life, and it's in his mm-hmm. veins. But mm-hmm. um, I think his the the songs themselves are pretty clever and they're unique. Uh, like I say, a little prayer for you. Uh, raindrops are falling on my head. Uh, do you know the way to San Jose? They're like they're just unique yeah. songs. You don't forget what them, the world, right? Yeah, they're like they're, with you for life. Yeah, and I don't. I think about that sometimes. I think about the lyrics to like, raindrops are falling on my head, but that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Like it, it's so funny. It's, yeah, it's, it's clever. But they do it's got a little you. bit of humor in there. Yeah. A little humor. This guy's in love. Uh, man. I think his yeah, songs just, are just these sort of feel-good songs too. Like if you're, if you're in a good say. mood. You could be singing Burt Bacharach songs while you're, you know. They do, they do make you feel something. Yeah. That's probably the, yeah. they, they make you feel something. I think, too, like, I have this sort of nostalgia for songs like that where I probably heard them growing up and they just stuck in my head. And I, I just will break into song at the drop of a hat. What's one of, what's one of your favorite uh, Burt Bacharach songs? Oh, I don't know. All the ones you listed are awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, just, you know, I probably know the, all the words, too, because I guess back then, you know, you heard all the words to everything when people were singing, so you could know yeah. all the words. Yeah, another, a lot of people don't know, you know that song, Always Something That Do Oh, yeah. Have. He actually wrote that, too. Wow. That's a great write song. He doesn't lyrics. Yeah, he writes the music, and uh-huh. then he has lyricists come, right? So, right, right. So, so lyrics, generally. But and he it, does have good lyric ideas. Yeah. He never, quotes, he never calls himself a lyricist, but, you know, if I'm ever stuck, he'll he'll have the line. He'll know what the line should be. He'll well, say, what about this? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's interesting, because part of songwriting is knowing, like, what's the arc of the story of the song, right? So... Yeah. You know, maybe he's just a master at thinking about, well, what would we want to say next? What What's the next piece of the puzzle? Yeah. This song? Are you a songwriter as well? Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool, yeah. cool. Awesome. Yeah, so I can talk about songwriting all day. Yeah. Where, where, is, where are you based? Sorry, I should have read all this. Yeah, no, I, am, before, I, I was living in New York City, but when this whole COVID thing went down, I, I have this little beach house in Cape Cod, so... I'm holed up here, which it was nice in the summer, but in the winter, not so nice. 
Oh, it gets man. Quite, quite chilly. Where, where are you based? Um, Washington. Washington State? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's where I am. I'm, I'm, I'm total opposite side of the, side of the country. That's a, I mean, that sounds like the, the plot of a Hallmark movie. Like, that's it was right. in Cape Cod, you and know. And we got together and wrote a song. Yeah. <laughs> and then it ended up in a Hallmark movie. <laughs> yeah. Or it would be that you're, you're there and, like, your, your heater breaks and the lumberjack guy next door has that's to right. come fix it. it that know, would yeah. happen here because, yeah. you know. All the houses are built for, you know, being at the beach. They're not built for blizzards. <laughs> That's interesting, actually. That's interesting. Are there other people out there? Or are you, like, yeah. by yourself? No, there's people. It's pretty okay. rural, though, so you can walk your dogs and not have to wear a mask and stuff, which is really nice. I've never uh, been to Cape Cod. It yeah. sounds very intriguing. It's Isn't really... there a song about Cape Cod? There is. There's the, uh, you know... Old Cape Cod. Old Cape Cod. <laughs> Which it is yeah. really like that in real life. It's like sandy cool. beaches and quaint little towns and, mm. you know, pretty, pretty chill. So it's a that good thing. Nice. It is nice. It's a good, it's a good place to be when you don't want to be out in the world. But if you actually wanted to go, you know, watch music or participate in the music <laughs> experience, not yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, let's talk a little bit more. Um, so I know that you released um, your song, This Town, right before COVID struck. And that probably uh, changed your plans a bit. So I want to just talk about that. And also, was there anything that came out of like this sort of different direction, new outlook that surprised you? During COVID, you mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, when you released this town, you were getting ready to tour and go to South by Southwest and all that stuff, and that all probably got put on the back burner, but are there any good things that came out of that change of direction? Yeah, I think uh, because because of COVID and because there was such a lack of touring, that song actually had a chance um, mm. at radio, whereas it, it would have... The market would have been oversaturated before, but it just so happened to be the right timing, and there weren't that many girls doing exactly what I was doing, and, you know, people weren't really releasing their big records. They're like, we can't tour anyway right now. What's the point? So it kind of actually gave me a little opening. It was a blessing yeah. in disguise. Yeah, it's interesting. I talked to a lot of artists, and, you know, some people have figured out a way to make to make the proverbial lemonade out of the lemons. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think there's so many sides to it because it is hard to be inspired when you can't be out in the world. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But I'm glad that you were able to find a space that, that you could step into. Hey, everybody, I just wanted to stop for a minute and tell you a little bit more about the amazing Shure MV7. I'm using it right now. This amazing microphone is perfect for podcasters, gamecasters, recording musicians, and anyone who wants amazing sound. It's got voice isolation technology, plus an auto level mode. So you're always going to sound great and your volume will be perfecto. It can isolate your sound, get rid of background noise, and really helps out when you're at home with a million things going on behind you. It's got an app to help you control all the settings, and it's USB 
and XLR, so you can use it in a million different ways, phone, XLR input, you name it. The Shure MV7 is now my favorite mic for recording podcasts, and I sang a song with it the other day as I was recording. So check out Shure.com slash MV7, and uh, you're going to love it. So as a, as a songwriter, what made you want to do um, interviews with um, singers and songwriters? You know, I've been a journalist for... A really long time, and oh, so you're a journalist yeah, and, and a yeah. I okay. mean, I do, I do a million things. I'm insane. I'm a marketer, okay, like I'm a songwriter, <laughs> journalist. Okay, okay. Cool, so I've cool. been interviewing people in the industry for decades, and I always think it's so interesting to be able to dig a little deeper. Like when I write for a magazine, I have you know more of a strict kind of format hmm. of like, okay, I've got to talk about their music. This is their thing. But in a, on a podcast, I feel like, you know, we can go off on a left turn and dig deeper into something um, beyond the surface, which I really love. So, Have you seen any uh, common themes with artists and songwriters? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been very interesting to talk to people during this time and, and think, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of rethinking, like, what are their priorities and, you know, how are they, how are they how should they or are they changing their lives to fit this new normal, whatever that is for each person. And yeah. I think as women, like we, we're sort of forced to um, be very like definite in our planning. If we want to make something happen, cause we're pulled in so many directions and um, totally. Wow. Yeah, That's a good yeah. So it's interesting to, to talk to people and see like what, what have they gained from this experience, and, and how has it helped them creatively? So let me ask you that question. <laughs> has it helped you creatively to be, you know, not touring or, you know, looking at things in a new way? Mm. You're like, no. <laughs> I mean, my life feels generally the same, honestly. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've lived in so many cities. And I always kind of find my own little hideout. And mm -hmm. then I also find my, my connections that I hang out with. But I always kind of find this base within myself. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it does help if you are the kind of person who is okay with being, you know, either being alone or, or like, having your creative process within yourself. You don't need, like, the external creative process you know that's yeah. yeah i mean there is a difference i used to live in nashville and i used to live in la and so then of course co-writes would be a more regular thing but i'm now living in this um town outside seattle and so that already had become very irregular and i would have to travel for co-writes anyway so mm -hmm. yeah it feels pretty much the same <laughs> yeah i mean you've done a lot of co-writing with some big people and work with some big name artists so how, how do you approach a co-write do you have a do you have some thoughts or tips I mean this is on the American Songwriter Podcasting Network so we'll have a lot of songwriters oh. listening oh oh gosh no pressure um. <laughs> everybody it's wants funny. ideas when you're when you're working yeah. in a collab atmosphere. it's funny I, I um I've done so many co-writes. I had this really awesome manager, my first manager, which I just got very serendipitously. Uh, like I was 
practicing the accordion in L.A. with this guy I was dating. He was editing a film, and I was sitting there, and I heard through a wall these people, like, trying to write a song together. It was, like, a couple dudes and guitars, and I could hear through the wall, and I just started listening in, and they started talking about this one dude. They're like, oh, yeah, you should know that dude. And, oh, have you talked to this dude? And so I was like, hmm. So I went on Google, and I searched that dude, and I found that dude's manager, and I sent that manager my music. And it just so happened he was, like, open to working with me. So he started working with me, and, and he sort of took me from being this very uh, niche jazz artist, because I'd been living in Paris, France before that, doing jazz music with my French jazz boyfriend <laughs> and so it was very niche and um and he started throwing me in rooms with everyone he knew and I was young and I was very green and I was pretty cocky so I would always think I had the best idea. I controlled the section and I had to pretty much write the whole song myself and like don't get in the way of the idea don't ruin the idea I often wish or I'm hopeful that I'll get a chance well, I obviously, I will get it. I just signed a new pub deal. Oh, there so you go. I will, I will be writing a lot in the next few years. And I'm happy and thankful that I've learned now that um, I don't have to be in control all the time. And yeah. that often the person with me may be way, may have a way better idea than me if I can just let go a little and uh, connect a little. Yeah, I but, think I think it's interesting, like when you're in a co-write, like especially if there's people who have certain strengths that you don't have, right? So to be able to step back and allow them to lead you in in a new place makes everybody yeah, it's, like it's like everybody a trust. Up. Yeah, it's almost a trust issue. Yeah. It's like yeah. yeah, it's like can I trust you to help me take this thing to the place it needs to be? Yeah, but it, I've written, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go on. No, you. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that it's hard. I Like when I first, I, it's funny because I, I started co-writing a few years ago. I took a workshop on co-writing because I had never done it before um, with these guys oh, cool. in Nashville. Um, yeah. And the first few co-writes I did as part of that workshop were so terrible. Like I felt <laughs> I was the only woman and I felt so bulldozed by the guys oh, that I was partnered yeah. with and I was so nervous and then I and then there was this one other woman in the in the class and I got paired up with her finally and it was like I was so beautiful like it was so oh, fun and funny so and we had such a good time and the music we wrote was so great and I was like oh this is what it's supposed <laughs> to be like, <laughs> I'm like why is it so, so hard funny. so yeah you know. I found like hands down like out of all the hundreds of sessions like there's on one hand I can count the people that I now still consistently write with because you have to have that personal connection I feel yeah. like you have to be able to be vulnerable in yourself and relax and like joke around and yeah it's it's strange like yeah agree and even acknowledge like, yeah and even acknowledge when like you're not going in the right direction like okay you yeah be working you and working and working it, right? and then all of a sudden you're like wait like this isn't like maybe we should just throw this part away <laughs> you know yeah, but, yeah that's the worst 
feeling in a co-write when you're like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. It's it's weird. I always picture it's like this ball of energy and you have like a certain amount of time to sort of shape it into something and, and keep it alive. And then the hunger starts kicking in and the the, the restlessness. And it's yeah. like, can, can you catch the idea and mold it into something in time? Right. <laughs> Before the energy know. deflates like what you're doing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But some people like that some writers can like take days and weeks and work on a song i'm more fast and if it doesn't come quickly i'm i get a little you're like i'm out of here (laughs) or it's more because i've noticed in all my experience that the good songs tend to move quickly i don't know why that is and maybe i'm still maybe in a way i'm still growing in that area maybe i'll be able to get to the point where i can be a little less add and and take more well, time on an idea. But do you ever go back to ideas that maybe didn't work the first time and, and all of a sudden you find the right thing and they do? I don't know if I've ever done that. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. But I maybe I should. You maybe should. You should. Chapter. I'm telling you, like, I had this one hook that I wrote probably 20 years ago. And I'm like, this is such a good line but I could never figure out what the right place to go with it was. I probably tried to write it like three or four times. And then I finally, um, I was given a prompt for another project and I'm like, oh, this line would be so good in a song for this. And like you said, that song wrote itself like in an hour at that point. Oh, wow. Like I, like it, I finally took the right direction. So if you have a really good title or a good hook, Sometimes if you can throw everything else away and just go back to the beginning. Yeah, that's good. I'm just saying. (laughs) I will have to try that. Try that. You never know. Although you sound like you have like many, many ideas. So you probably are like, eh, I did that. I'll try something new. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's part of the thing is like sometimes I feel overwhelmed by the the ideas and all, all the unfinished voice memos and all the the ideas yeah uh, do you have a special way that you organize those because i don't i'm like the most no. disorganized <laughs> i don't sort of like the cream seems to rise to the top yeah the thing that sticks in your head like a burke backrack song that's the thing to write oh yeah right <laughs> so no i still feel like i have a, I, I have a lot of growing to do probably as a writer yeah but that's okay like you don't want to be that person who thinks they know everything right yeah that's true those are annoying yeah those are annoying <laughs> you sound like you're not a, you're sound like you're awesome so there you oh, go oh that's so nice <laughs> oh i needed that today <laughs> yeah i mean this is so far i'm loving this conversation because oh, you never you know. know how these things are gonna go you know um <laughs> right like a co-write yeah like a co-write exactly so i saw that you did correct me if i'm wrong that you did some drive-in shows like what was that yeah. like did you do that at a drive-in oh yes and it was so cool was it? yeah yeah that was one of my f- favorite experiences ever i got to open for andrew mcmahon and he was so nice and just he's so talented the show is amazing um he's got so much energy and his voice is incredible cool. and, and they... his audience adores him like, wow so it was very fun were they like beeping were they sitting on their cars or in their cars in new jersey it was like end of summer vibes and so everybody was on top of their cars in little islands and you know swaying (laughs) to the music it was hot everybody was sweating yeah yeah 
but then in Chicago, it was freezing rain. So, oh no! Ironically, though, people were still outside. They were in their blankets. It's because they're from Chicago. They're like, this yeah, does not scare us. <laughs> they were all about it. So, I'd see the same people the three nights in a row. Like they were, wow, like fanatic fans, you know, and just so excited to see music and to see yeah. Andrew. It was like, wow. There's a way. There's a way to share the music, right? Yeah, it's funny. I was asking because my nephew went to see a show out here on Cape Cod, and he said the music was piped through the drive-in system, so you listen to it on your car stereo. And I'm like, that could not have been good. <laughs> they, they do do that. Yeah, they did. Did they do that? Like there was no PA. He said it was. Yeah, no... they did that as well. Really, it's so yeah. interesting. It was cool. I mean, it's better cool. than no no live music, though. I would say that's yeah. cool. What's the best uh, concert you've ever been to or like a favorite? Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm a huge Annie first, Lennox. You can't think okay, of one. I, I know. I'm a huge Annie Lennox fan, and I saw her um, open for Sting at Jones Beach, Long Island. What you know, what you know. Yes, and it was so awesome. I, lo- I just love her. But my first concert, well, one of my very first was Sticks Paradise Theater tour, which was so cool. And also Stevie Nicks Belladonna tour. So I'm, oh, I'm old school. <laughs> what was it? Stevie Nicks. West? It was the Belladonna tour, like her her first Ooh. solo thing. How was it? It was great. I was like 16, you know. So I was like, I wanted to be her, you know. Of course, oh. who doesn't want? But what about you? What was your first so cool. or favorite concert? <laughs> oh, oh, my dad took me to Kenny Loggins. Yeah. And I love I awesome. love that. I like keep I got to go up to the front and I was like dancing around and Kenny came over and he shook my hand and he said, You're a beautiful dancer. Oh right. Yeah. That's <laughs> that awesome. might have not been the first, but it's the first I remember. Right. What yeah. about your favorite of all time? Probably James Taylor. He's oh, my hero. Yeah. That's awesome. And then probably Andrew McMahon. Ah. Cold cold play, also awesome at the Rose Bowl. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I haven't gotten to I haven't been to as many concerts as you would think. Yeah. It's weird. To... Uh, you know, sometimes I'm really into it and I see a ton and then sometimes I'm like, eh. Yeah, yeah. Take a break. Yeah. <laughs> I did see Pearl Jam play at um um whatever the baseball stadium here is here in Boston, um, Fenway Park How and it You're was getting text messages, girl. It was not only was it great, it was um packed. And I was like, who's Whoa. saying rock and roll is dead? This is unbelievable. So Whoa. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Have you ever cri- have you ever cried at a concert? Yeah, I'm a big softie. So Aww. for sure I've cried. I've cried at like Hallmark commercials. I've cried at everything. <laughs> oh, I love the Hallmark channel. I'm all about the Hallmark Christmas. Do you know I think it- I cried? I think I cried at a Michael Bublé concert once. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I, I was funny. I was talking on, on a podcast with somebody recently, and I was in a really good mood, and I told them, this is before the election, that I think I was feeling better because I allowed myself to watch Hallmark movies all day the day before. So I was just like, I just Ooh. want something that always has a happy ending. I know. They're so predictable, <laughs> but it's so great. I just love it. It is. It's sort of like a little cure for your for your blues you know yeah i'll just eat popcorn and watch hallmark (laughs) but um anyway 
Um, what about what's coming up for you? I, I mean, I, I saw that you have maybe have an album in the works. I know you've been releasing songs. Um, what's what's happening? Yeah, those two songs I've released are from this album that I made last year. I've been working on for a while. And so we're just kind of taking it song by song and seeing what happens. And so far, it's been really cool. So, you know, dream scenario, maybe we pair up with a great record label. And if not, Mm -hmm. we'll keep doing it indie. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you you also was digging around through some of your music and you know, you sort of can shift in between different genres. And, you know, I listened to like a remix of your the 101 song. And I was like, this is all so cool. But the songs are just really solid. So they could they feel like they could go anywhere. You know? Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. My cousin ter- coined the term for me of genre agnostic. And yes. it's sort of taken taken off. There you go. Hey, you yeah, know, that's where you don't get bored. You know, you could be anything. Yeah. I used to get a little mad at myself for not sticking to a genre, but I move so much and I'm very influenced by my environment. And, uh, you know, in Paris, I was constantly around jazz and I was young, so I made mm-hmm. a jazz album. And in L.A., I was constantly writing pop songs and with pop musicians. And actually, I wrote pop. And in Nashville, I was around country people. So I And then this album, it all kind of came together, like the country, the pop, the, the alt, the that's really cool yeah i think that's what that's how you develop like your own thing you know i think when people allow themselves to bring all those pieces of what they love together makes you special and unique and really cool to listen to so i'm looking forward to hearing more your songs too yeah i've been to be honest i haven't not been super creative during this whole stay at home thing yeah it's been a little tough. I, I had this album actually still working on it that I wanted to get out last year. And I was literally about to go into the studio the weekend that lockdown happened. Like I was, oh, wow. I'm like, we're going to finish this. We're blocked off like a whole weekend. Aww. And uh, yeah, so that happened or didn't happen. But it's okay. It's, it's coming. It don't happen when it's supposed to. That's right. It's coming. It's coming. Well, it has been so great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Great to talk to uh, you. Thanks for taking the time. And drive safe. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we'll share your links and uh, encourage people to check out some of your stuff. So thanks. Thanks, girl. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. And I want to thank Shore so much for sponsoring our podcast this week. I truly do love this MV7 microphone. You should check it out. If you do any kind of at-home recording, um, vocals, miking your guitar, um, recording your podcast like this, it's a fantastic microphone for that. And the voice isolation technology and the auto level mode really just make you sound so pristine and beautiful. And having the app to help you with your controls is fantastic. Um, love this USB and XLR hybrid microphone. You should check it out. Sure.com slash MV7.